You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Biblically speaking, uh, it's referred to by numerous names. In, in uh, some passages, it's just simply the spirit. Other passages, spirit of truth, spirit of God, spirit of Christ, and so forth. And uh, we will learn all of the names the Spirit goes by throughout the year 2024. But there are two passages I want to go to and uh, really show you the significance of the Spirit as well as, as the power of the Spirit. Let's go to the book of Job 33 first. Book of Job, the 33rd chapter. Let's go there first. Spirit just didn't come uh, in the New Testament. Spirit of God has always been and will always be. But consider Job 33 and 4. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Spirit of God, and a spirit is that which cannot be seen. has the power to to change the physical. Notice what he said. The Spirit of God made me. And the Spirit of God is yet making us. We are becoming more like Jesus because of the Spirit of God. That's very important. You have to know that there are things that will try to make you, but when it comes to a child of God, we have to allow the Spirit to make us. See, it's not just a one-time thing because bad situations will try to make you. I said bad situations will try to make you. Trouble you go through will try to make you. Your history will try to make you. Words that come from certain folks will try to make you into what they say. You're going to always be such and such and you're going to actually allow that word to, to get so embedded in you till you become what somebody said you would become. But as children of God, we have to recognize that it is the Spirit of God that is going, well, that is making us and is going to continue to make us. Not just, not just something that happens one time, it's continual. Even though, yes, initially it was God that created the first man, when he formed him from the dust of the earth, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living being, a soul. But the spirit continues in helping us evolve into the person that God has ordained for us to be. That's the reason we have the testimony. I'm not where I 
want to be, but I sure ain't where I used to be. I'm growing. I'm maturing. I'm becoming better and better and better. Been through a whole lot of trouble, but I didn't allow the trouble to make me worse. I grew from my trials. Grew from my experiences. Because I want to be who God has purpose for me to be. And who is that? A Christian. Christ-like. And you can't be Christ-like in five years. Not in the full sense of being Christ-like. It takes time. But let's go further. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. Verse 11. Notice the wording very, very carefully here in 1 Corinthians 2 and 11. And consider yourself, especially in the first part of the verse. Ready? Paul asked the question, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. You got to know yourself. But in order for you to know yourself, your spirit needs to be right. Our spirit in one sense is our God consciousness. Who made you? Who knows you better than you know yourself? God. So God can tell you about you. Oh, Lord, you didn't get it the way I wanted you to get it. God can tell you about you. I said God can tell you about you, everything. He is so powerful to where one writer said he even knows the hairs, get this, that fall from my head. That's how powerful he is. That's how much he knows about you. He can tell you what's going on when the x-ray can't. He can tell you what, what it's going to take to fix you when the pill is not working. But you have to know that, notice, in your spirit, in your God consciousness. You got to know who you are based upon your God consciousness. If you listen, the spirit will tell you when you need to rest. When you need to drink water, when you need to do this, that, and if you will listen. This is the reason he gave you a spirit. We're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. We're not just body, we're spirit, soul, and body. Notice again. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? But the latter part is what I really want you to grasp. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. That's how vital the Spirit of God is. Because the Spirit of God is the only one that knows the things of God. And he takes the time to give us the things of God in order for us to be on the same page with him. Breaking that down further, Jesus said, that he was going to send the spirit of God or the spirit of truth to guide Christians. 
God-minded folk into all truth. Matter of fact, I'm going to read it even though I know you can, you can quote it. Let's go to John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13. Ready? However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak, of, speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to what? Come. Just like he, he's telling us that 2024 is going to be a year where saints are led by the spirit. Letting us know the thing. But in order for us to go down the right path as Christians, we have to have the Holy Spirit as our guide. Notice how awesome our guide is. He will lead you into all truth. Not just truth about the church, but truth about everything. Everything. Nobody can have that much knowledge, understanding, a wisdom, but God. That's the reason we have to recognize that, that our God or the Holy Spirit is God. Into all truth. Why, why is he going to guide us into all truth? Because he's going to continue to make us. Into the people of God that we need to be. John 8, 31 and 32. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It's going to start causing you to be exactly who God ordained for you to be in the church and outside the church. Going to cause you to have or to possess everything that God ordained for you to have in the church and outside the church. Going to change your life. Going to free you. When, when, when you're free, you don't, you, you don't allow the things that try to entangle you to get a hold of you. You're free. Things try to bother you that God does not want to bother you. So he gives you the spirit to guide you into all truth. But you got to trust him. You got to trust him. You got to trust God. Is one is one thing as as Deacon Holland said earlier. It is one thing to know, but it's another thing to trust. Do you know what you trust in reference to God, or do you trust what you know in reference to God? You got to trust Him when He tells you something. You have to trust Him. I'm going to do such and such for you. You can't look at your situation when God gives you something bigger than you. Because God will tell you something that in and of yourself, you don't have the capacity to make happen. But if he tells you a thing and you receive it and walk in it, he'll make it happen. I'll guide you into all truth. And notice the Holy Spirit is going to tell you some stuff. Look at this. 
Whatever he hears, he's going to say it. He's going to tell you some stuff. But you have to be to the point to where you trust him to not only tell you, but to guide you down the path you need to go. So we got to go to Proverbs 3. And recognize some requirements or some essentials when it comes to trusting, to trusting God. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with woo, all your heart. Your heart in one sense refers to your choices. That means you don't need to make one decision on your own. Ask your neighbor, can you handle that? You don't need to make one decision on your own. Can you handle that? What a doctor say, but what did the Holy Spirit say? Don't make a decision just on what somebody suggested. Or what somebody may have said you must do. You have to trust God or allow him to tell you specifically what to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart or your decisions. Oh, but he's not done. He goes on to say here in Proverbs 3 and 5, lean not on your own under standing it's some intelligent folk in here but as intelligent as you are you you have messed up yourself more than a hundred times yeah you intelligent but you done messed up yourself a hundred times yeah we know you graduated come lot and you you got this big old testimony but you have yet messed up yourself Oh, so some of y'all over here don't believe it. Watch this. How many in the two sections right here, you will be honest, you done messed up yourself more than a hundred times. And a hundred is really a light. That's really light because you don't even know how many times you done messed up yourself. I said, you don't even know how many times you done messed up yourself. So it's not a hard thing that, that he requires. Trust in me with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your help me acknowledge him. Lord, they're saying that I need this. Lord, I'm feeling one way, but I, I'm not going to go by my feelings. I'm that's the reason I'm, I'm acknowledging you. I want to know what I need to do. And I know you're going to tell me directly or indirectly. So whatever you say is what I'm going to put in me. In my thoughts, in my words, and my deeds. Whatever you tell me. It's that simple. But it's not going to be that easy because... Your flesh is going to be in contrast to what God says. Your situation is going to be in contrast to what God says. You just have to trust him and not lean to you nor anybody else. Notice the promise in the latter part of verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And don't, don't be the type person you're so narrow-minded to where the only way you're going to believe God is talking to you is in your special prayer closet where you got them three pillows, that fake picture of Jesus on the wall, And that ball of olive oil in there. 
God can talk to you in, in unusual ways. You can be having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden that person will say something. And the person may not even recognize when, when they say specific things that is God using him or her to speak. God will talk to you on your way to Atlanta while you're listening to the radio. God will talk to you through a song that you're listening to in the church or outside the church. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And he going to do what? But notice how serious this passage is because then he goes on in verse 7 and says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Now he done already told us don't lean to our own understanding. But you know, sometimes we can be hard headed don't you try to act like you ain't never been hard hit. Who ever been hard hit? That's the reason he says this. This is the second thing. The second thing goes to hard head folk. I know it ain't said this is for hard head folk, but. But notice, notice now in verse 5, a lot of part, lean not into your own what? But then in verse 7, do not be wise in your own what? He's basically saying the same thing, but differently. And then he says, fear the Lord, which is to obey him, reverence him, honor him. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Because sometimes, even though God has warned you not to do something, temptation is still going to be there. You can't yield the temptation. Temptation in one sense is, is when you, you really don't see it working out for you. So you decide you're going to do it your way. Or wait as somebody done suggested. And whenever that happens. You're trying to be wise. In your own eyes. Which is evil it seemed like you, 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 you're doing the old saying I got to do what I got to do no you're being evil whenever you say out of your mouth I got to do what I got to do that's evil I said whenever you say you got to do what you got to do that's evil I don't know if you were listening to Deacon Allen earlier. Whenever you say you don't know what you're going to do, that's evil. You belittling God. God done told you what to do, but now you're saying you don't know what to do. That's evil. Then he goes on to, to give us a promise. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. If you stay in the will of God, it will be healthy and it'll make you strong. I say it will be healthy and it will make you strong. Shout at somebody. The best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. I got to follow my guide, but I got to trust him. And, and, and how do you trust him? We just sing. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Acknowledge him in all your Let him tell you what to do. That's what it takes to trust. Very, very simple, yet profound. And so when it comes to our primary text of Romans 8 and 14, Paul is very clear to the church. For as many as are led 
by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. The sons of God is a reference to people that are maturing. People that are mature. You become responsible. You just won't do it because of temptation. You won't do it because everybody else is doing it. You're grown. You're not going to get mad and, and, and have a pity party or throw a tantrum. No, you are mature. You're not going to allow the trouble to guide you like it has in times past. You're mature now. You're going to be led by the Spirit. You're not going to get mad when the Spirit uses the pastor to talk. Talk that you really don't want to hear. They're going to be mature, and, and, and if the Spirit tells you you're in error and you need to change some things, you're just going to get it right. You are a son, a daughter of God. You're not the most mature person in the church, but you are mature. You're not stagnant. You're, you're becoming grown in thought, word, and deed on a consistent basis. You know you're growing. Folk don't even like you because, because you're growing to the point to where now they think you think you're better than them. Is not that you you've just gotten to the point to where you're tired of little games. You gotta move on. And, and, and sometime when you make up in your mind you're going to be led by the spirit. Folk will look at you and, and as if to say, you think you're You think that you're special. You can't allow what folks think to cause you not to continue to be led by the Spirit of God. Got to be mature. Mr. Walker, did you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard what you said, but I'm not going to be able to do that, though. And why is that, Mr. Walker? Uh, because the Spirit is telling me to do something else. I don't understand. Well, it's not for you to understand because you don't have the Spirit. You have to be mature to the point to where you don't allow anybody To get you out of the will of God. Well, he is such and such. Yeah, but his credentials don't even compare to the Spirit's credentials. I, I don't know if you heard me earlier. The, the Spirit of God guides you into all truth. Who who you going to see that can... Do more than that. Who you going to meet that can do more than that? What you going to read? What you going to Google that can do more than that? I, 
But, but in order to have a mindset to where I'm just going to obey God, I'm just going to follow the leading of the Spirit, you got to be mature. And Isaiah 55 tells us why. He's, he, Isaiah said, his ways are not as the ways of man. His thoughts are not as the thoughts of man. They're higher. They're greater. They're distinct. They're in contrast to what folks say. God will tell you to do some things that don't even make sense to the natural mind. Can you imagine, and, and I'm going to break this down, can you imagine God telling his disciples, look, let's just take, um, let's take them, you say we got what, three, four fish? Okay, let's take them three, four fish and let's take that what we got? We got, look, crumble up that bread. <laughs> crumble up that bread and bring it over him. Now, where y'all get this from? Oh, it was a little boy's lunch. Okay, we're going to take this little boy's lunch and we're going to feed all these folk. We got 5,000, right? So we got to put a 5,000 prayer on it. Plus. We got a blessing and say, Lord, make this boy's lunch be enough to feed 5,000 plus. We have to be mature enough to believe that God can take a little bit and do the miraculous. He can take something that's little that we can see and call something amazing to happen. He divided that lunch up. Once they had crumbled up everything, he gave it to all, all of them. He said, now y'all go and give it to the folk. And they came back with stuff left. What did he do? He did the same thing he did in Elijah's day. When the woman's meal and all didn't run out. Here, here we go. Centuries later, he do the same exact thing. On, on thing, it, it wasn't no, it wasn't no flour and all this time. It was bread and fish. Woo, good God, God done changed up. Said, so look, it don't matter if it's all and meal, if it's bread or fish. I, I can take whatever I want to take and make it do what I want it to do. Walker, I'm going to take this little money right here. And you're going to be able to be a blessing to 5,000 plus. With this lot, yeah, I'm just going to keep multiplying this little money so you can just be. See, some of y'all ain't happy about what I just said because your mind ain't there yet. You got to be led by the Spirit. You got to believe that, that the Spirit is yet a maker. Remember Job 33? He is a maker. A creator can call something natural to be continuous. You'll never be broke again. He'll just going to cause money to come. How? Continue. You lose your job. But guess what? Money is still coming. Why? Because the promise is still in effect. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it 
to pass. Why? He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Y'all got to help me preach it. Tell somebody he'll bring it to pass. He going to bring it to pass. The spirit going to take a little and cause it to be a blessing again and again and again and again and again. When you think you're about to be broke, then here come the promise. Boom. Look at somebody tell can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. You happy yet? Tell somebody else, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. And see, some of us broke right now, and it's hard for you to receive what I said about that money. You better receive it. I'm telling you, God told me more than 30 years ago when I was broke, more so than anybody in here. I didn't have two pennies to rub together. But God said, it's going to come a time to where you will never be broke again. I'm going to continually bless you. Even when you think because you done spent all your check, you still ain't going to be, because it's going to be a continual fountain, a continual flow. How can this be? The Spirit creates. The Spirit creates. When it comes to the spirit, John 1 and 1 says, in part, everything that was made was made by him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. The spirit, the word in John 1, 1 and following made everything. I've experienced it. Check gone for a get it. When I was a sinner, I would just have to wait until the next pay period. But when the promise done been put upon you by God, who's going to stop God from blessing you? Who's going to stop God from having a continual source of finances coming to you? And he'll start it out simple, and, and then all of a sudden, it, it'll become supernatural. I'll I never forget when he told me that. I said, oh, Lord. I said, well, this check gone. And I just like, well, but God told me. And then next thing I know, somebody come up there and say, uh, God told me to give you this. And I'd be like, good God. You know, because it'd be surprising. Jesus, they don't know I'm broke. And then somebody else would come and do the same thing. But then the more faithful you are, he'll then turn around and, and allow something to happen that will set you up for years. He'll start out by just forgiving you something. And you'll say, oh, man, I got some money. Even though my check gone, I got some money. Somebody done blessed me. Thank you. But then he'll turn around and he will bless you with something. And it will set you up for a year. Then he'll turn around and bless you, bless you with something that will set you up for 20 years. And you'll be like, good God. I 
Look at what God doing around here. If you're faithful over. Then he'll bless you with something that will set you up for a lifetime. And you'll look, my cup running over now. I'm already set. So everything to come in now is just running over. Good God. Come on, Luke. Section 38. The good, the press, the shaker, and the running. But it's all because of the spirit. And, and, and things like this can only happen to mature folk. Folk that are led by the Spirit of God. You can't be led by the Spirit of God and not experience the things of God. If you're constantly being led by the Spirit of God, you're going to constantly receive from the Spirit of God. He told Abraham, even before Abraham got somewhere, he, he said, everywhere you go, because Abraham had proved himself faithful, he was going to follow God no matter what. He told Abraham, he said, look, everywhere you go, I'm going to bless you. It don't matter where you go, I'm going to bless you. He was in that vein. He, he was in the vein to where everything God told him to do, that's what he did. And God blessed him. He was completely led by the Spirit. And when you become completely led by the Spirit, you enter into a realm to where God does things that can only be deemed the miraculous. His blessings. And, and, and this, is a, this is the most wonderful thing about it. And you're not sorrowful. Because you know what you're receiving is from God. You ain't crooked nobody. You, you ain't tried to do this, that, or the other. You ain't got over on nobody. See, some folk got millions, but they, they feel guilty. Why? Didn't do it the right way. But when you do it the right way, God will have you feeling good about yourself. And being a blessing to others. But you have to be led by the Spirit of God continuously. You're not controlled by anger. You're not controlled because by, by not getting your way. No. You know it's not supposed to be your way anyway. It's God's way. You don't worry about folks turning you down. Well, God just got something better. You're not a baby anymore. When you pout to get it, you ain't grown up yet. And you have to go through that stage. I went through that stage. Mad at God because I didn't get something. Mad at other folk because I didn't get it. But I was a baby. Woo! And there's some babies in there right now. Oh, you still pout. You still a miss church because you didn't get your way. You won't bring God his tithes and all. Why? You didn't get the blessing you were expecting. You a baby. You got to be a son. Or a daughter of God. When you get born again, you become a child of God. But when you become a son, a daughter, that speaks of your growth. That speaks of you listening to God directly and indirectly and obeying Him. Even in death, you're saying your will be done. Even when you're not seeing what you want to see, God, you're going to work this thing out. 
Woo, God, you done promised in blessing. You're going to bless me. Lord, I, I don't know which direction it's coming from, but I know you got something waiting on me. And, Lord, I'm going to praise you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. You're going to open up the windows. You're going to cause something to happen that my eyes hadn't seen, my ears hadn't. You, and you're doing all this in the midst of your trouble. Why? You're mature. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons or daughters of God. As I close it, you have to learn to be responsible. You have to learn to be responsible. You can't depend on folk all the time. You got to be responsible. You got to start acting like a grown person and not like you're somebody's child. You had your opportunity to throw something. I'm glad you chose not to. I'm going to take you to one last scripture. I'm closing with this. Go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Y'all know the verse. This is what I'm closing with. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. I'm going to say this before I, read, before, I, before I read the verse. See, if every time you go through a little trouble, you got to talk to the pastor, you still a child. Well, I don't have to talk to the pastor because I talk to somebody. Else. But see, when you become mature, you, got, you, you have learned to use the word in you. Am I saying not to go to the pastor, not to go to the elders and, and all the, No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you just don't automatically say you got to go to the pastor without dealing with it yourself first. That's when you become mature. It, it's just like folks in the, in the natural that, that they are in their 30s, but every time trouble comes, they still run the mama. You know that just don't even look right. Oh, y'all don't agree with that. I'm, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong. You, you understand what I'm saying? What's wrong with being 30 and when you run into trouble, you run to your mama? That means you are not as responsible as you need to be. There comes a time to where you should start being a blessing to your mama instead of always running to her. Grown children should not be dependent on. On parents. Except in special situations. Understand what I'm saying? Except in special situations. That's different. If your boy just don't want to work, that's not a special situation. That's not a special situation right there. 
Now, there are situations to where, yeah, you have to help your child because of a disability and such and such and such and such. But if that person is stronger than you, mama, and you still working two jobs to take care of him, But, but notice when you become responsible, what happens? 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, notice he took on responsibility. I put away childish things. Man, Pastor done taught me if I give, such and such going to happen. But here I am, I give every now and then. I got to be consistent because that's how God, that's how I want God to bless me. Consistent. Man, I pray. Every now and then. That's the reason sometimes I'm strong and sometimes I'm weak. I know Luke 18 and 1. Men are always to pray. Not to lose heart or or become weak. I just got to start praying every day. That's putting away childish stuff. That when you start to become a son. Or a daughter of God. Then it's going to become more challenging. To where you, you, you'll stop just depending on the doctor to make you better. You will start looking to God. To do what he died for. To heal you. Get this. Indirectly. Or directly. If God tells you to allow the doctor to do such, that's what you do. You're being mature. But if God tells you, look, I want you to do such and such, and that's how you're going to get your healing. That's what you do. That's being mature. You just don't go just to go to a doctor. You just don't say, well, this helped pastor, so I'm going to. No, you have to be led by God. And that's being mature. I'm finna rouse some, rouse some cages, as they say. We are glad that you're married. And you love your boo, spouse, baby, better have, or whatever you call him or her. But when you're mature, if your husband starts acting a fool, and don't want to do right. A mature woman can say, look, stay. I done tried to tell you what we need to do. And she ain't trying to be the head. She just putting the word on you. I done told you what God been saying and talking. You still want to stay here. So I'll see you later. Woman, you better stay at this house. You got the wrong one. And if you try to physically stop me from going to church, I know 911. See, y'all ain't liking what I'm saying. No, all y'all ain't liking this. But when you become mature, you don't allow anybody to get you out of God's will. Your mind should be, when, when you're mature, your mind should be to the point to where if, if pastor gets off course, 
ain't following him. I'm going to do exactly what 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 says. I'm going I'm, I'm to follow him as he follows Christ. When you become mature, you are point blank led by the Spirit. I, I, I got to go back and deal with that little wife, husband uh, thing for a minute. But this time I'm going to deal with it a little differently because I'm, I'm going to put scripture on you. I'm not going to the passage. You're going to have to look it up when you get out of church. But it's in the book of Acts. There was a man named Ananias who had, had, had a wife named Sapphira. Get this. Sapphira basically means beautiful. A beautiful woman. And so him and his woman, they were just they were tight. And they done messed around and got a good little piece of, that's a good word, chain. <laughs> well, the money or something else. They, and, and they had promised that they were going to give some to the apostles. And, and so the husband done got crazy. The husband go to the wife. He said, look. I know what we promised them. However, this is a good little piece of. So we're going to go in here and see them, but uh, then what we're going to do? If they ask you such and such, you just say, no, it was such and such and such. Now, you stay here. I'm going to go talk to him fast. He went in there and talked to Peter. And, and now this is the husband. He went in there and talked to Peter. He, he said, uh, um, say, 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 say. And Peter said, look, you ain't lying to me, bro. You told the Holy Spirit what you were going to do. And fell dead. Wasn't long after his wife came in now with her pretty self. Sapphire means beautiful. She done came, and even her beauty couldn't stop what was about to happen. She came in there. And so Peter started talking to her, and then come to find out she just doing that dumb stuff that her husband was doing. And Peter told a woman that her husband was dead and she dropped dead in basically the same minute. And she fell dead just like her husband did. You don't allow your preacher, your husband, your doctor, your lawyer, or anybody else to cause you to get out of the will of God. And when you have that type mindset, you are mature. Well, that's my husband. We, we, let me tell you something. The Bible says that the, that the husband is to do to the wife as Christ does to the church. Peter was part of the mix until he got to talking like the devil. And Jesus told him point blank, get thee behind me, Satan, in front of everybody. When you become mature, you don't allow anything or anybody to stop you from putting God first. And I'm not try, trying to bring up no conflict in no house. Don't y'all think, Pastor, bring it up. No, I'm, no I, ain't, I ain't doing that. I'm being real careful what I'm saying right here. I'm just saying. The blessed thing is when a husband and a wife are just following the spirit of God. That's the blessed thing. Blessed thing is when a church and a pastor are following the spirit of Christ. But whenever somebody tries to go against what the scripture says, that's when you have to sever the relationship. You, you try to get things right before you just cut it off. But if they don't want to do right, you can't force grown folk. You can't force folk. 
But you don't allow what somebody else won't do to stop you from doing the right thing. Amen? I'm going to stop right there.